0: The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 930 We at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you.
1: As we prepare to hear the scripture, let us pray. God of abundant life, by the gift of your spirit, tune our hearts and minds to hear your living word afresh. May our lives answer your eternal word with resurrection hope. Amen. A reading from the book of Psalms. Listen for God's word to you. I will bless the Lord at all times. The praise of God will always be in my mouth. I praise the Holy One. Let the left suffering listen and rejoice. Magnify the living God with me. Together, let us lift. God's name up high I sought the Lord and the Lord answered me God delivered me from all my fears those who look to God will shine their faces are never ashamed the suffering person cried out the holy one listened and saved me from my every trouble on every side the Lord's messenger protects those who honor God and the Lord delivers them Taste and see how good the Lord is. Truly happy are they who take refuge in God. You who are the Lord's holy one show honor because those who honor God don't lack a thing. Even strong hungry lions go without and get hungry, but those who seek the living God lack no good thing. Come children, listen to me. Let me teach you how to honor the Lord. Do you love life? Do you relish the chance to enjoy good things? Then you must keep your tongue from evil and keep your lips from speaking lies. Turn away from evil, do good. Seek peace and go after it. The Holy One's eyes watch the righteous God's ears listen to their cries for help, but the Lord's face is set against those who do evil to alleviate even the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry out, the Lord listens. God delivers them from all their troubles. The Holy One is close to the brokenhearted. God saves those whose spirits are crushed. Many are the problems of the righteous. But the Lord delivers them from every one. God protects all their bones, not even one will be broken, but just one problem will kill the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be held responsible. O oh, living God, you redeem the lives of your servants. All those who take refuge in you will not be punished. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God.
0: Our second reading comes to us from the first letter of Peter. Listen, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Finally, all of you be of one mind, sympathetic, lovers of your sisters and brothers, compassionate and modest in your opinion of yourselves. Don't pay back evil for evil or insult for insult. Instead, give blessing in return. You were called to do this so that you might inherit a blessing. For those who want to love life and see good days should keep their tongue from speaking evil and their lips from speaking lies. They should shun evil and do good, seek peace and chase after it. The Lord's eyes are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord cannot tolerate those who do evil. Who will harm you if you are zealous for good? But how worthy of honor are you, even if you suffer because of righteousness. Don't be terrified or upset by people. Instead, regard Christ the Lord as holy in your hearts. Whenever anyone asks you to speak of your hope, be ready to defend it. Yet do this with respectful humility. Maintaining a good conscience. Act in this way, so that those who malign your good lifestyle in Christ may be ashamed when they slander you. It is better to suffer for doing good, if this could possibly be God's will, than for doing evil. Christ himself suffered on account of sins, once for all the righteous one on behalf of the unrighteous. He did this in order to bring you into the presence of God. Christ was put to death as a human, but made alive by the Spirit. And it was by the Spirit that he went to preach to the spirits in prison. In the past, these spirits were disobedient when God patiently waited during the time of Noah. Noah built an ark in which a few, that is, eight lives, were rescued through water. Baptism is like that. It saves you now, not because it removes dirt from your body, but because it is the mark of a good conscience toward God. Your salvation comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is at God's right side. Now that Christ has gone into heaven, He rules over all angels, authorities, and powers. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Back in October, back before the world tested positive for COVID-19, Back when sunlight illuminated orange and yellow leaves, not cherry blossoms and snowfall, my friend Susan taught me a song. The words belonged to the Indian writer Arundhati Roy, but Susan put the fierce determination of a cancer survivor and a one-time opera singer turned Lutheran pastor into her melody. I'd like to share that song with you now another world is not only possible another world is not only possible another world is not only possible she is on her way she is on her way on a quiet day i Can hear her breathing on a quiet day, I. Can hear her breathing on a quiet day, I. Can hear her breathing. She is on her way. She is on her way. Susan's song makes me think about Dick Adams. Maybe you knew Dick, a son of Hector who was just crazy enough to believe that another world was on its way, defying impossibility. I can imagine Dick raising his voice to this song while marching to protest environmental degradation and endless war. I can picture him contemplating Seneca Lake from his dock, listening carefully for the holy breath of the Spirit who raises to life all the dreams we thought had died. What's more, the day a group of friends and I sang along with Susan, Dick himself was alive in the spirit, having died the day before, October 14th. Dick now shares with Christ a resurrection life, while we on this side of eternity continue fighting the good fight. I wish I could ask Dick now about hope. What gave him such audacious hope? What sustained it? I'm sure if I asked him, he'd have an answer at the tip of his tongue. I wish I could ask Dick about hope because things are so bad right now. Polar weather and murder hornets aside, the overall situation is objectively not good. Every time I turned on the news this week, I heard about the record numbers of people who filed for unemployment. And I thought of Kevin, my neighbor, who was laid off in March and still hasn't received assistance. Every time I opened Facebook this week, I was reminded that two paranoid men in Brunswick, Georgia, shot and murdered Ahmad Arbery in February. And local authorities didn't arrest them until May. Not because they hadn't seen video footage, but because someone who cared about the senseless death of a young black man leaked that footage to the public. And that's just a glimpse of the world's chaos meanwhile back at the ranch we are exhausted we are tired of staying indoors we are tired of online school we are tired of the mounting demands we are tired of the same faces over and over tensions aren't just rising in state houses across the nation They're bubbling over in our homes too. Peter's words are a mixed bag at best. Just like at the beginning of the letter where he blessed God for our living hope, he is back on the topic of hope in the midst of suffering. And uh, Peter sounds glib about it. Who will harm you if you are zealous for good? Well, Dr. Li Wenliang could answer that question. Were he still alive? Dr. Li tried to warn government officials in Wuhan about a new virus that was attacking the respiratory system. But they silenced him. In February, he died of COVID-19 and of ignorance. Peter writes it's better to suffer for doing good than for evil. Some comfort that is. And in fact, the verses we heard follow some of the most reprehensible words in Scripture. Slaves, submit by accepting the authority of your masters with all respect. Do this not only to good and kind masters, but also to those who are harsh. Wives, likewise, submit to your own husbands, do this so that even if some of them refuse to believe the word, they may be won without a word by their wives' way of life. Now, it's true that Peter's address to free women and enslaved folks was distinctive for his time when only free men were considered fully human. And it's true. That Peter's hope in Jesus Christ, whom he believed was coming soon to redeem the righteous, made him, a free man, willing to commend endurance to people living in harm's way. It's also true that Christian women have died at the hands of their spouses and partners, believing that to resist abuse was unchristian. It's also true that one of the foremost Presbyterian theologians of the 19th century, whose portrait hangs in the seminary library where I used to study, went to his grave believing that white folks enslaving black women, men, and children was the will of God, and that the outcome of the Civil War would lead to godlessness. Peter believed Jesus was coming back and so do I. But Jesus is too late to spare Ahmad and Dr. Lee and countless others from deaths that are written off as collateral damage or necessary sacrifices. So in moments like these, hope is hard. In moments like these, it is hard to believe Susan's song, hard to believe that another world is not only possible, but she is on her way. And it's hard to believe the psalmist's song, the one that Peter quotes three separate times in his letter. It's hard to believe the Holy One's eyes watch the righteous but the Lord's face is set against those who do evil. Maybe you know in your own life how hard hope can be. Maybe you found yourself in the same place as Father James Allison, in a space where a heart comes close to cracking. It's that confusing, confounding space where words fail us, and Allison knows well the twin temptations to bluster his way out of the moment so as to give the impression that the confusion isn't his. or to plunge into shamed silence. It's only when we stay in that uncomfortable place that the right words come to us, the words that articulate our hope, not with blustering speech, but with gentleness and humility. For me, just yesterday, when my heart felt like it would crack open under the weight of the world, those words came to me. Not even words, an image, an onion. Yesterday, while another flurry of snow whirled outside my window, I watched my dear friends, Kai and Flip, vow their love to each other in what is not the first Zoom wedding of the year, but probably the most whimsical. With over 200 of their friends and family members, I pledged my support and witnessed their promises under a rainbow flag chuppah, At one point, Kai recited a poem for her beloved and handed him a large yellow onion. In Flip's hands, that onion became a pale moon wrapped in brown paper, a symbol of love more enduring than roses. Like love, an onion will make a person cry. Like love, its taste lingers on our lips. What a wonder. What a wonder that an ordinary thing can usher a person into the extraordinary experience of being loved wholly, body and soul. And in that moment, in the exchange between a a Buddhist universalist and an atheist Jew, I caught a glimpse of the love of God revealed in Christ Jesus. Be ready to speak of your hope, Peter writes, which I believe means pay attention. That living hope that we read about a few weeks ago, it is a restless hope. It is a hope that engages the world, a hope that puts money on the unlikely chances of resurrection. A hope That's on the lookout for new life. Pay attention. The Holy One calls to us to encounter holiness everywhere. Peter writes, we have already been sprinkled with the blood of Jesus. Already we have been brought into the presence of God through Christ's priestly action. Already we are built as living stones into a place where God dwells even among hearts that are close to cracking. That truth, that sacred reality distilled in unexpected moments, that makes all the difference. Peter had eyes just like ours. He looked around and saw violence, greed, suffering, injustice, despair, He knew that disciples would run amok of the wider culture when they refused to worship the gods of city, family, and empire. And yet, even though he thought disciples should put up with intolerable situations, he still believed what the psalmist sang. Right now, we can taste and see how good the Lord is. You can taste the Lord's goodness in the sharp tang of an onion, or in the vegetables that our farmer neighbors are already harvesting. You can see the Lord's goodness in the testimony of folks who ran in honor of Ahmad Arbery this weekend. You can glimpse the Lord's goodness in loving relationships and in the resiliency of folks who left abusive relationships, and in the vulnerability of people who seek help to stop cycles of violence. And then there's the word, which is where Peter goes time and time again to taste God's goodness like warm butter on fresh bread. For Peter, that meant the Torah, the prophets, the Psalms, and the sacred stories of Israel. He didn't know that his letter would become, by the Spirit, God's word to us. If he had, perhaps he would have reconsidered his position on submission to authority. And yet, and yet the Spirit nourishes us with a surprising crumb from his letter all these centuries later. After those admonitions to enslaved folks and married women, Peter has a word for Christian husbands. Live with your wife in ways that honor her. Do this, he writes, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Friends, let nothing get in the way of your prayers no social standing, no false comfort, no acceptance of our situation as the way things must be. Don't miss out on the goodness at the tip of your tongue, the blessedness of life in true and equal community, communion with the God of love and justice. Let your hearts swell with the world's pain, yes, but all the more with the love of God poured into your hearts through the Spirit. Such is our hope, founded upon God's grace. For such grace, let us give all glory and all gratitude to God, the one who chose us, who suffered and was raised for us, who is making us holy. Amen.